Welcome, friends, to another episode of Perfectly Planted. On episode 24 of the podcast, we are joined by Dr. Aaron Sanave. Dr. Sanave is a family nurse practitioner specializing in lifestyle medicine, allergy, immunology, and hails from the greater Chicagoland, where she is also a professor of population health and epidemiology. We discuss a variety of topics today, including health equity, the Food for Life program, and how it's possible to incorporate the pillars of lifestyle medicine into one's everyday life. We hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. (laughs) Welcome to the Perfectly Planned Podcast. I'm your co-host, Vesame Shering. If this is your first time joining us, thank you and welcome. And for those of our listeners and viewers, thank you for, for joining us again. We so appreciate you. And I'm excited for today's conversation. Sorry, Daphne, go ahead. No, no, I was jumping in. I'm excited to get going. Uh, Fascinating. How are you? I know it's been a long week. I it's been a long month. It feels like since we're coming to the end of the summer, and we love this opportunity to plant seeds of positivity, knowledge, and empowerment in our listeners and viewers. But I wanted to check in and see how you're doing. Good, Daphne. I'm doing well. There's lots of change going on, um, just professionally, personally, but um, but otherwise, it's hot here in Charlotte. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if it's hot where you are, but man, oh man, it is is so hot. So we're trying to keep cool, beat the heat. Um, recently, I just wanted to thank all our viewers and people who visit our blog. We just posted a kale yeah post that. Um, lots of people saw, found interest in. So if you'd like to see more about that, please let us know. But I want to hear how your summer is going, Daphne. It, it's the same. It's hot, but you know, I love the heat. And uh, so getting out, walking, running, well, not running. I have been suffering from a little bit of iliotibial band syndrome. Ooh. So on a little bit of a hiatus from running, but looking forward to hitting the pavement again in a week or so. Good, good. Yeah, I know you've been uh, exploring your new area. So yeah, hopefully that heals up real quickly so you could go back to to running and getting that that running therapy for you, right? Well, I'm so excited to be the one. Um, I'm super excited to introduce our guest today. Erin um, Sanavi is a family nurse practitioner specializing in lifestyle medicine and allergy immunology in the greater Chicagoland area, and she is a professor of population health and epidemiology. Dr. Sanavi is a member of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine and the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. This rock star is also the secretary for the health equity achieved through lifestyle medicine, a member of the Javinti Coalition, and a board member of the plant-based nutrition movement in the Chicagoland area. As if that's not enough, she is also a wife and a mom and a mentor to others to aspire to just really have an impact on their community. Erin, thank you so much for being with us today. We're really excited to have you here. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be here. And Erin, I echo Vesame's thanks. Thanks for taking time out of a peaceful Sunday to join us. And with that, if you could start by, you know, Erin, Vesame shared a lot about your background, but could you share a little bit more about the audience, about yourself and about your plant-based journey? 
Sure, of course. Um, well, I I'm I live right now in the Chicagoland area, but I grew up in a small town in the middle of Nebraska, farming community where uh, really animal agriculture farming was was a, a way of life, and so I grew up, you know in this tiny town, which was really wonderful. I mean, wonderful people, really knit community. Um, but as far as like how we grew up, it was like we ate meat every single day. We would have like half a cow in our freezer at home. <laughs> you know, kind of the first things you can imagine from like whole food plant-based lifestyle medicine sort of thing. Um, and then as as we're growing up, you know, organization of food came along and and we went from eating kind of homemade meals to a lot of like processed prepackaged foods and you know they're more convenient and honestly my parents didn't know any better right they're like oh these have a long shelf life well nowhere let's, let's get a lot of these foods and I remember a lot of like hamburger helper and stuff like that right and so <laughs> it wasn't until I went to college um, that I I started kind of questioning some of these things and you know college shapes you in many ways politically that sort of thing too I was like it would be healthier for me maybe it'd be better for the animals if I, I didn't eat meat so I went vegetarian um wasn't necessarily whole food plant-based vegetarian there's a lot of cheese pizza with butter and things like that. Um, but over the, over the course of summers, as I became a nurse, I, I again, stayed mostly vegetarian. But um, I didn't become wholly, whole food plant-based till probably about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And Tim, my, my partner and I, we were actually on a cruise. This is a funny story. We were on a cruise and we were really bored. I don't know if you guys like to cruise, but it was, it was not, I mean, it was okay, but it was definitely not my jam necessarily. Um, but we were in, in our cabin and I was like, let's just, let's watch a documentary. And so we found this documentary called Hungry for Change. You might have heard of it. I don't know. And that was kind of when the light bulb went off for me and him regarding uh, the connection between what we eat and our health. And so mm-hmm. it was then that Tim and I really became whole food plant-based and committed to the lifestyle ourselves for our family. And so we really started reading all the all the books, all the evidence, reading the studies, those sorts of things. And and so um, you know, he he does the cooking, he does the the he 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 got all the cookbooks and I did most of the reading of the science piece and the health piece and the medicine piece and um yeah, so that's where we are. That's amazing. And what a great journey to bring you to where you are today. I guess I would love to learn what are some of the benefits that you felt either short-term and long-term with going more plant-based and, you know, quote unquote vegan. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, I would say, I mean, immediately I just felt this sense of energy, like and mental clarity and, and I slept better and, um, you know, I feel like it makes me more present with my my family and my patients. I mean, I, I want to, I'm taking care of patients. It's a huge responsibility. I want to make sure I'm at my best every day. So that I felt right away, um, you know, and, and in the long term, you know, whole food plant-based eating has really been shown to be the best for long-term health and wellness and disease prevention. So that's really like the goal, right? I have a really strong family history of brain diseases like Alzheimer's and depression. And there's some cancer in my family. 
And, um, you know, they're finding that some of the same risk factors for Alzheimer's disease are the same risk factors for cardiovascular disease. And so I, um, this, that, that keeps me motivated from a, a personal level. And, um, you know, I hope to live a really, really long life and, and the, the, that life without disability or disease is, is the goal. And as a healthcare professional, um, I think that it's important, you just mentioned, you know, to live your best, but how do you think that, I mean, is there, what's your view on nutrition and overall, um, you know, avoiding of chronic conditions and that link? I mean, are you able to share some of those things with patients and what's your platform in that area? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, there's an overwhelming amount of evidence. I mean, just as there was an overwhelming amount of evidence against smoking before finally decided, oh, smoking's bad for us, right? There's, yes. there's a lot. <laughs> I mean, there were thousands and thousands of studies. I think Dr. Greger yeah. talks about that a lot. And, and so there, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of nutrition studies, but they don't always necessarily get in the hands of of healthcare practitioners and, and of course patients, this doesn't always trickle down to them. And so, but, but, you know, the evidence is really clear that, that eating um, predominantly plant-based, you know, whole food plant-based is the best for disease prevention and, and all, you know, to, to reduce mortality and, and chronic diseases like hypertension, heart disease, strokes, cancer, diabetes, those sorts of things. Right. Yeah. And Erin, you mentioned that you grew up on a in you know area where you had a predominantly animal based type of nutrition in your family. Have you been able to impact or make any changes on others in your family, knowing your family history? Well, yeah, good question. My, I mean, my immediate family, of course, my husband and and my children are are all whole food plant based. And my husband actually had some high blood pressure going into this lifestyle, and he's and high cholesterol. He's been been able to come off of all all meds. Um, I have a couple sisters who are are also whole food plant based. Um, you know, some of my other family, it's a little it's a little difficult. You know, when my mom got diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, though, we really intervened and we make sure her her care caregiver. We're lucky enough to, that she can have a caregiver and, and she really feeds her um, predominantly um, plants. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the best thing, I mean, I, I it, it, it can be uncomfortable sometimes, you know, at family yeah. gatherings when, yeah. when a lot of them are still in this lifestyle and still living there. You know, I think the best thing I can do is just lead by example and try to answer questions that they might have and, and you know, and, and just be there as a sounding board for, for my family understand. Um, you know, sometimes it's leading by example and hopefully that, you know, as Vesame and I try and advocate for adding more plants to your plate, not necessarily, you don't have to make the leap all the time, but moving in that direction is, is directionally where we would hope to have people who listen to us and watch us some make some decisive decisions about impacting their health. Yeah, absolutely. And Erin, you and I was, you know, fortunate enough to meet you through ACLM and HEAL, um, you know, health equity achieved through lifestyle. And I know you are passionate about health equity. Can you tell us and share with the audience a little bit more about what does health equity mean to you? And then one thing that we've had some conversations about over the past several months is, does it cost more to eat plant-based or is it something that's accessible to everyone? Right. Oh, such a good question. Um, well, 
equity means fairness, right? I mean, and, and health equity means that everyone has a fair and just opportunity to be healthy. And so um, it's, that's very different than equality, right? Where equality is where everyone gets the same thing. You know, it's about, but equity is about everyone getting what they need uh, in order to improve their quality of their life, their quality of their situation. And so um, health equity is about removing obstacles. So obstacles such as things like poverty and discrimination mm-hmm. and, and their consequences, you know, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of powerlessness out there, including lack of access to good jobs with fair pay, you mm-hmm. know, quality education and housing safety, safe environments to grow up in and go to school. And so um, health, health equity is, you know, inequity is linked to health disparities. We know that, right? And so, um, but once we achieve health equity, health disparities will go away. And so, um, you know, it's, I, I am fortunate enough, you know, to be a part of um, the HEAL initiative, Health Equity Achieved Through Lifestyle Medicine, where Daphne, I know you're very active and um, and, and, and this is an incredible group of people really committed to improving the health of those, uh, those historically marginalized um, and affected by health disparities, right? And it's led by Dr. Marsha Gill Davis and Dr. Terry Stone, who are amazing. And um, we feature speakers all the time doing just incredible work in their communities where, where to, to improve the health of their populations, right? And so using these lifestyle medicine strategies. So you ask the question is, is it affordable? It, it really can be, right? You, you know, we, we see though a lot of the a lot of uh, companies getting on the vegan bandwagon, right? And and that's great. I mean, I love to see that, you know, because it means that they're they're listening. But it also a lot of those prepackaged processed <laughs> vegan foods can be really expensive, and right. so that it does seem sometimes it's viewed as elitist to be whole food plant based or be vegan. And actually, it it actually is. Um, you know, I think Dr. David Bowman says, he goes, what's cheaper, a pound of beans or a pound of beef? And I think exactly. he said, what's cheaper, chickpeas or chicken, right? And so, you know, I mean, not that everybody wants to eat beans all the time. I know that. But there's there's ways to do it, you know, to to, to buy really good, fresh foods. You know, I, I know my I like to eat berries all the time. I buy all my berries frozen and mm-hmm. I get them every day. Otherwise, they'll go bad, you know. So that's that's there's ways to do it, you know? And so those are the things, the conversations we have to have with our patients. Yeah. So that's fantastic, Erin. And I know that you mentioned a few different platforms there. Um, there's also a platform that you're a part of called Thrive Plant Life, um, I believe, and to advocate for health equity. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? And yeah. Well, Thrive Plant Life is my, my husband and I founded it. It's and it, it's um, you know it's it's our it's our own company. We're not really you know I, I should just say we're we're revamping the website right now. Not doing a whole lot with that, but I do some health coaching, um, and and I'll just say with regards to it, you know health equity. I always like to call out the fact that I'm a white woman. I know you can obviously tell this, right? <laughs> and with that comes comes a lot of privilege, you know, and, and that brings with it a lot of, of blind spots. So I don't certainly think I'm an expert on health equity. So I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, you know, market myself as that. But I, I think that I've gone, I've taken some steps to to examine my privilege, you know, mm-hmm. you have to examine that. And that's really the first step I think in, in what you have to do. I've had to 
educate myself and continually learn and listen and engage on issues surrounding health equity, systemic racism, and and really examine these longstanding structures um, that are out there designed to help some people and 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 harm others, unfortunately. And so um, the work I do is really just trying to engage with people in communities locally and 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 you know yeah. uh, elsewhere, uh, you know, to address some of these some of these issues. So yeah, I do a little bit of health coaching. I don't, you know, I, I in addition to my my regular job, but my husband's a food for life instructor, and so what he does is he'll do he'll do videos on cooking, like how to cook the food, and I usually give a little bit of the education on on what's the you know, uh, you know, what about heart disease or diabetes or whatever it might be, and then how to how to cook, you know, because people don't really want to listen to that to me, they want to probably learn more how to like, cook the food. Cook so we'll put yeah. like, recipes out there and, and things like that. So that's really, um, you know, we're, we're trying to just put give people practical ways to eat healthy right. food and and also do the other lifestyle medicine pillars, you know, so right. And so if you so you said that your website is getting revamped, but once it's revamped, where could people find, find <laughs> you? Because I know that that's going to be a question they all ask. Like, what was that again? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. It's thriveplantlife.com. And there are, there okay. are a few things up there right now, but okay, he's, great. he's continually adding to it. So there's some recipes there. I think there's a blog post. There's, you know, that's, yeah. that's all that I think we have. A, we have a mailing list, but I, you know, again, it's, I'm kind of busy and, and <laughs> I guess they've done a whole lot, but it's, uh, but yeah, there it is. Yeah. No, I mean, I, there, go ahead. Daphne. I'm sorry. I was no. just going to say, can you explain what a food for life instructor is? Oh yeah, for sure. So food for life instructors. So it's part of the physicians committee for responsible medicine. They have this, uh, course you can take and you mm-hmm. apply to take the course and you, uh, learn how to, um, again, basically be an instructor. And so you can do, and, and what they teach you is the background on the health piece as far as, um, you know, why you're, why, why eat this way. Right. And then also they give whole curriculum. Like I, I'm not the food for life instructor. My husband is, but he has this whole curriculum, you know, how to giving, giving talks in schools, giving talks mm-hmm. about specific disease processes like diabetes or heart disease or, you know, talks uh, targeted to kids and all the while teaching them how to cook. Right. So again, culinary medicine is like the thing to, to do right now. And because people, again, they, they're like, okay, yes, you're telling me to eat more fruits and vegetables, but how do I do that? Right. Mm -hmm. So this is that. And so, um, you know, he's done some live, live videos on our, on our, on our group page on Facebook, and then also with some other food for life instructors and, um, you know, just teaching, just, you know, going on there and showing how to, how to cook a meal, which is great. That's equally important because I think that um, we talk about health health equity and there's also a culture side of it. Yeah. Like I, th- yeah. I feel like everybody thinks that, you know, we should eat like a king where they ate meat all the time, you know, and it's like, okay, if I could get fried chicken or whatever it may be, like that's my meat on the plate. And it's just very, um, or fast food, you know, because it's cheap, yeah. it's easy and it's quick, but then there's so many health a consequence mm-hmm. to come across that. And so because people don't know that it can be easy, I think it's mm-hmm. really a fantastic thing that um, you and your husband are doing. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. Mm-hmm. We'll have to post the link to that um, as well as your Facebook page, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, 
Yeah. So that people could take a look because oftentimes I think people look at vegetables like, what am I going to do that with that? You know, and it's like, you could do so much with it. It's just that we haven't really exposed everything. I think that people look at, sometimes they look at certain greens or vegetables and think, well, that's too fancy for me. Like, I don't want to make that. And it's like going to take me an hour to make something like that. So it's easy. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic that you guys do the quick videos because I'll tell you what, like my kids, I mean, I didn't really eat Brussels sprouts growing up because we just didn't make it. I mean, we had a Mediterranean diet. Brussels sprouts aren't really Mediterranean, I don't think, or we just didn't eat it growing Uh up. But Uh now I feel like how we roast them and cook them and bake them in the oven like it's one of my seven-year-old's favorite things to eat. I love that. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it's so bizarre. That's, that's <laughs> exactly. That's amazing. Anyway, so you have kids. How do they um how do they thrive on plant-based foods? Are they, you know, partially or how do you work with that? Yeah, no, good question. Well, my uh, my kids are older, so okay. they, yes, they were they were not all you know. I I, I empathize with parents, you know, because I understand that. Be like, oh, they eat four foods. Like I have patients, they'll come into me, and they'll be like, oh, my child eats chicken nuggets and mac and cheese, right? Right. And I'm like, oh gosh, that's it, and it's terrifying. But I guess I have been there. I get that because um, they're picky and they're used to those hyper palatable foods. But no, my children are older, and I, they they actually, um, gosh, I. I I got to give my husband so much credit because he's so good at what he does. And it's not hard. Again, I don't want to come across mm-hmm. that he's making these elaborate meals. He just learned how to mix the spices and put the foods mm-hmm. together and, yeah. and, and they're delicious. So, um, my daughter who's 18, uh, just graduated high school and she's living with us and she, um, eats what we eat and, um, she's really great at smoothies and she loves to bake whole food plant-based like baking. She makes a lot of like granola and energy bites and things like that. And she makes yeah. cookies even and, and a lot of yummy desserts. Um, my son is 23 and he lives in New York City, which he has no problem accessing food. But he's so right. busy. He's like all yeah. over the place. But he's um, he's also, you know, a whole food plant based. And I think, he, you know, his his motivation is, is uh, you know, he learned from us. But yet I think his motivation is really as, as my daughter's for planetary health at this point. And so mm-hmm. um, I think we've gotten a lot, seen a lot of scary stuff this summer already with with climate change and um, gosh, even, even reducing the amount of meat and dairy people eat will really could make great strides in improving the planet's health. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And Erin, do you and your husband have any opportunity to get into the Chicago school systems? I mean, you know, going back to both equity and culture, one of the things that we found is that sometimes kids aren't exposed. I mean, Vesame shared that her kiddos didn't really eat Brussels sprouts, um, yeah. and there were, there are a lot of foods I eat now that weren't traditional in my family growing up, but how do we actually expose our, our youth to more of these foods that may, may not be easily accessible to them or may not be part of their cultural heritage, but mm-hmm. are things that are both accessible and healthy and not necessarily the vegan processed stuff that's coming out that isn't quite as healthy as we people would like to think it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's such a good question. And I really like the fact that you, you called out the cultural piece. I think it is so important to be culturally sensitive and not assume someone's going to eat the same foods as I'm going to eat just because they're healthier. Right. Um, I think we have to look at, look at it from a cultural perspective. And I know that there's a lot of great um, cook, 
showing like traditional African uh, foods, for mm-hmm. example, you know, which is mostly mm-hmm. plant based mm-hmm. diet, right? right? And so, um, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been, you know, through again systemic racism, made to believe that oh yeah, chicken and waffles and whatever these things, you know, these unhealthy mm-hmm. foods are really what we should be eating, which isn't true. One of my clients once told me, she said, well, my husband told me that black men need meat, and it was like no, but they've been told this, I'm sure, right, right. you know. And so, um, but getting in, you know, you mentioned getting into the the schools. I love what California governor is doing, right? And I know mm-hmm. that they're making strides uh, with. Uh, plant-based schools. I'm not exactly sure what the, what the legislation is, but, um, but yeah, we have to get into our school schools. One of my friends, Peter, um, he's, he's like Chicago vegan, Peter, I think on Instagram. Anyway, he's gone into, you know who that is? I don't okay. know. Oh, okay. Anyway, he's been going into communities and cooking with kids and just yep. showing them how to cook whole food plant-based and doing things. So I can't yeah. take credit for doing any of that, but I think that, you know, yes, that's, those are the things we, we have to be considering um, and, and working on together. Absolutely. And I think our public health restructuring would be a great idea yeah. and making sure we and that and that's what heal does you know that's what we you know heal is trying to do right find ways to engage with communities so not going in there and saying oh do this we go well what do you need and how can we help you exactly. you know achieve your health goals so and not to just completely dive in but the school system you know i have kids all in the school system public school system right now being in the south and i just know that growing up even nothing has changed they still have Friday pizza. It's completely yeah. processed. Um, they still have like French fries and chicken nuggets that aren't really chicken. But regardless of what they are, they could, if it's not real chicken, it's parts of chicken. Might as well make them out of veggies. Like make it out of something else, yeah. other parts. But I feel very passionate about that because oftentimes it is the only warm meal that a yeah. child has. And um, it's... It saddens me to know that the only meal that they have is just pure junk. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I just feel as though there's there's got to be more of an initiative um, mm-hmm. where you can partner with local farmers market or you know people mm-hmm. who will plant and you know, have a garden yeah. and just partner with them in order to feed. And I know that it's you know easier said than done, but there's got to be some type of you know, so yes. anyway, I, I'm definitely going to look up the legislation in California to take a look at what yeah. it is and see whether or not it's something. I highly doubt South Carolina will <laughs> something like that so quickly, but well, maybe North Carolina would, you know, anyway. Well, and I th- I'm a believer in starting local. Like my husband just got his Food for Life uh, certifi- certification in October. And and that is one of the things he really wants to do because he, he's a teacher in a, in a local mm-hmm. school district where 90% of the, of the students were in the suburbs and 90% of the students are on free or reduced lunch. So they eat yep. breakfast and lunch at school. And my daughter brought her, is, is brings her lunch to school because there's nothing for her there, just like you mentioned. Right. Like she's like, no, I mean, even the salad, you have to have chicken on it or something. I mean, right. It's like ridiculous. And so is she, she ha- is fortunate enough to be able to bring her lunch, but a lot of, a lot of kids just don't have that opportunity. And so getting into the schools, even at the local level, I think can really do, do a lot of good. Yeah, no, I agree. And Erin, as there, we wrap up, um, go ahead, Daphne. Sorry, do you have something to say? No? just one thing before yeah. we go, you know, another tangent related to school lunches. Yeah. And I bet you, Vesame, and I don't know if you know this for a fact, that there's probably a carton of milk on every tray that your kids get. Um, yeah, so- and it's cow milk. It's chocolate milk yeah. or regular, you know, it's like, do you want chocolate milk, strawberry milk, or plain? Yeah. 
It's like, yes. I don't yeah. want either, any of them. <laughs> no. So there is legislation that uh, Switch for Good has been helping advocate for, along with Dr. Milton Mills, around providing the option to have non-dairy milk as a subsidized opportunity in our school systems. Um, so, I mean, it, in addition to looking at the legislation that's passed in California mm-hmm. and what uh, Mayor Adams is trying to do in New York, you may also want to explore Knowing that probably a lot of that milk gets wasted, that a lot of the kids in schools aren't able to process the milk because right. you know most of us don't have the enzymes to do so after right. we're weaned from our mothers, um, why not have other nutritionally equivalent options available to them? So you know, just to put a bug in your ear around other yeah. conversations you can have in your school district around non-dairy options for kids. Oh yeah, absolutely. And oftentimes they do ask, you know, what are the allergies for your child? And nine times out of 10, there's a dairy allergy, soy Mm -hmm. allergy, or Mm -hmm. a nut allergy. And so those things are addressed, but they're addressed because the person at home. So you need to bring what you want. We're not going to deal with it. And it's like, well, if 80% have have an allergy, uh, you know, maybe you should address it, but that's a great Mm -hmm. idea to, I know you're, um, we've talked about switch for good Daphne. So thank you for that. But Aaron, as we wrap up today, I just wanted to give you one more opportunity. Is there anything else you would like to share with our viewers? Any types of um, seeds of knowledge and empowerment as we like to call it? Oh, well, I, uh, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm really grateful to just even have the opportunity to be on your show. Um, you know, I know I, I, I have this thing with positivity sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like it's, it's hard right now for a lot of yeah. people to be, yeah. to be positive. And, and I know people are, are going through a lot in this, uh, uh, world and I don't, I don't love toxic positivity either, but I think I, you know, I, I'm a deeply feeling person as I, you know, I know a lot of people are in, in this messy world and that's something to really be admired. And I think um, my words of empowerment would be um, just to feel the things that you're going through, feel them, be true to yourself, um, find your people or your person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's only one person to sit with and hold space for you. And um, really, I, I always just try to say, just do one thing that's for yourself. I mean, yeah. I see patients every day in my clinic and a lot of them are, are taking care of everybody else and their yeah. health is the last thing. And they're, and, and I'm like, just do one thing that makes you feel better, whether it's walking around the block or, you know, meditating or reading a book or what, you know, whatever it is, do, do, just do one thing for yourself. That's fantastic. And before we let you go and thank you for that, because it is hard to be positive sometimes, um, you know, not only with everything that's going on in the U.S., but what we see happening globally, it's it's rough. Um, but would you be willing to share just briefly what a day in the life of Aaron is like? I mean, how do you stay so positive? Because every time I see you, you're radiating, you're smiling. Um, and I, I, I know you deal with a lot, especially being an, having to engage with patients and your clients, but what's your day look like? 
Well, thank you. Well, I mean, it's a privilege to to take care of my patients, and it's that give that fuels me, honestly. Um, but a day in my life, I get up pretty early. I don't think I get up as early as you, Daphne, because I heard on a podcast that you were talking about your routine. I was like, oh my gosh, you're up early. <laughs> but <laughs> I get up around five thirty in the morning, and I, I usually work out. I try to work out, get those endorphins moving somehow. I. I have a, a bike and a tread and I just work out in my house. And I also have been trying to do some more weightlifting, which I might have to pick your brain just because I'm, I'm postmenopausal now and I have to do that stuff. I know to, for my, for my health. And so I'm um, working on that. And so um, as far as, as far as nutrition, you know, I usually eat later in the morning, you know, and have, I, I try to get, greens in every day. And I try to get some berries in every day. So my lunch is usually like a nice big, big salad. And um, I usually put a lot of toppings on it, walnuts, garbanzo beans, tofu, whatever it is. Um, And then berries with almond butter and all the yummy things. And then for dinner, you know, and then then I work till five or so. And then I come home and my husband's usually made dinner. I mean, pasta, tacos, lasagna, quinoa burgers, more greens, we eat lots and lots of really hearty foods. That's the other thing I try to tell people. I'm like, you can eat, like, I eat a lot. We love to eat, right? We eat a lot in my family. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not all about just greens and rabbit food at all. And so anyway, but um, yeah, so that's, I, I try to meditate. I, I don't do it as much as I'd like, usually maybe three to four days a week. I'm trying to do it a little bit more, but you know, and I go to bed early. I go to bed around 8.30 or 9 and because I really prioritize my sleep now. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so important to do that. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. when that doesn't happen, I'm I'm thrown off kilter, right? Yeah. I mean, sleep, right. I think that sleep is one of the most important things as even as an adult, you know? I mean, yeah. we talk about how it's so important for kids to sleep. It's equally as important for adults to yeah. sleep. So 100%. That's awesome. Yeah. So Erin, thank you. I I mean, we could probably continue having this conversation. There are lots of, I mean, so many things you said, I would love to pull the thread on them, but I want to respect your time and I want to respect time for our viewers and listeners. And you mentioned that people can contact you on your website. I know there's a contact Mm -hmm. form. Mm -hmm. Are you on social media or is there any other way people can follow you? You can find me on, on Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook group, Thrive Plant Life. And so that's where I've left some videos and content and other people can post on there too. So um, you can join that group. And um, yeah, I am on Instagram. That's a lot for kind of personal stuff too. But so if you don't mind seeing some of that, but mostly for the, for the health stuff, you'll go to Facebook and our website. Perfect. Well, once again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your Sunday for our Sunday seedlings. Um, If you're enjoying Sunday seedlings, please feel free to share with your family. Um, This is for all our, all of our viewers and listeners. Um, And if you like or subscribe to our channel, you'll be able to get all the updates and alerts of our next podcast. We hope to hear from you all on our blog. I know that there's been some comments and we've addressed some of them, which is fantastic. And we want to hear more from each of you. So thank you all so much for joining us. And thank you again, Erin. It's been a pleasure. Um, We'll definitely check out your website. So be well, everybody, and we look forward to being together soon.